Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast for Friday, December 20th, 2019. This is episode number 60 of the podcast, if you can believe it. Uh, my name is Ian McLaird. I am your host of this daily Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Now, if you'd like to uh, follow me on Twitter, you can do so at ENC McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Uh, please also uh, subscribe, download, listen, rate, and review the show wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It would be greatly appreciated. And as we gather together with friends and family over the holidays, tell any Bruins loving people in your life about the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Uh, today, I am joined by Pete Blackburn of CBS Sports. Uh, Bruins fans, uh, no doubt, will be familiar with Pete and his uh, his work for CBS Sports and uh, just his, uh, his Twitter presence, which is always very entertaining and insightful. Um, I really appreciate him taking the time to chat today, and uh, we will jump into that momentarily. We, we talk about last night's loss to the Islanders. Uh, talk about uh, Star Wars, other movies coming up, Bruins needs at uh, forward, kind of where this team stands at this point in the season. It was a great chat. And again, uh, thanks to Pete for joining me. Um, as for next week, for those asking, uh, probably be an episode on Monday at the uh, very least. Uh, not quite sure about uh, Christmas Eve yet, but definitely off. Um, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, probably back on Friday. Um, so expect one at least Monday and Friday, and then we'll see about the intervening days. But um, thank you for asking and checking in, and I'm glad people are uh, wondering about episodes over the holidays. Uh, so with that said, let's jump into my chat with Pete. Hope you all have a great weekend. I'll see you on Twitter during the game against the Predators on Saturday. I'm joined now by uh, Pete Blackburn of CBS Sports. Uh, Pete is a guy that I've been following on Twitter for, I don't even know how long now, since back when you were just making some gifts for the Bruins games and uh, maybe just start. Can you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who was it? Was it Haggerty that came up with that? Oh, yeah. He called you that? Yeah. Can you maybe just jog my memory as to how – Kind of how long you've been well following the Bruins, writing about the Bruins, writing about hockey in general, kind of your your path into to where you are now. Sure. I mean, I've been a Bruins fan for my my entire life. And uh, right. I really started to to kind of like push that fandom in high school when the team was really bad. Um, OK, because uh, like senior night or, or uh, like student night was when I could get into the building for like twelve dollars. <laughs> nice would always go we'd probably go to like 20 games a year and uh and it was so much fun that's sort of like when I really started falling in love with hockey it was like when I got a a consistent opportunity to see it live and and so um my fandom has you know exponentially grown from there and after after college I went to I went to school for journalism and I started a blog and I got um my first job out of college after that um basically just writing online and doing all these stupid internet trending blogs. And, and so um, I've sort of used the opportunity that a lot of the places that I've worked haven't had great hockey coverage 
And so I, I've like sort of volunteered to be like, oh, well, I, I love hockey and I've, I follow hockey pretty, pretty uh, consistently. So I, I can do hockey coverage as well uh, on, on top of the stuff that I do. And, and since then, it's kind of become the main point of my job is to do hockey coverage. So I, I've gotten really lucky in that sense. Yeah, that, yeah, that's great. What, um, looking at this season, what are your thoughts on kind of before we get into maybe last night's game and, and some more general issues? What are your thoughts so far on this Bruins team? I, I personally, I didn't think that they would, um, start the way they did. And I think expectations were kind of raised based on their start as to how they'd rebound from, from last season. People seem to be getting a bit impatient with them at this point in the season. But if you had told me at Christmas that they'd be like a top five team, I would have been a little surprised maybe just because of how last season ended and maybe them getting over that disappointment. What what are your thoughts on, on this team in general up to this point in the season? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I had at the beginning of the season, I had them uh, third in the Atlantic. I thought they were going to finish behind the Lightning and the Leafs. And so if you told me going into Christmas that they were going to be in first place by 10 points, I would have been like, holy crap, unbelievable. I'll absolutely take that. And, you know, to some extent, I absolutely will still take that. I'm I'm not unhappy at all with where the Bruins are at right now. But regardless of how well they started and they started fantastic. uh, But, you know, even during that hot start, there were still issues that were, were prevalent prevalent and you know you 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 saw some similar trends as the team last year like they they weren't getting enough secondary scoring they were very much being carried um by by good defense and by production from the top line and the power play and i thought that that was going to to rear its ugly head at some point i didn't think that we'd be hitting a stretch like they have of recent where you know you're winning one out of eight games and and yeah. so regardless of how well you start and how much of a lead you've built yourself it's still very very frustrating when you're winning one out of eight games and and on top of that they've been losing games in very frustrating fashion so um you know i i still think that in the bigger picture i, I think that they're going to be okay and the fact that they have they have gotten off to a good enough start where they have a 10 point lead in the division it's really really strong um but at the same time in in a shorter window i'm very very frustrated with where the team is at right now yeah yeah i totally i totally agree with that i think a big part of it has been the fact that they have like basically two starting level goalies and top five teams right now in the nhl they do they have that so that's like a common theme with with the best teams. Like you look at Toronto and they get um, screwed over whenever they try not to start Frederick Anderson. And, and the Bruins definitely have been propped up by kind of that two-headed uh, rotation that they have in, in Rask and Halak. Um, so that, I really think, has, has boosted them and certainly did early on. But um, yeah, that secondary scoring just isn't coming in lately. And yeah, some of these losses have been pretty frustrating, like losing to Ottawa, losing yeah. to the Kings. Even last night's game against the Islanders, they um, should have they should have pulled that one out, and then and then they get to the shootout, and it's come to the point where if if they do advance to the shootout, I just 
stop watching because much. We, we all know it's how it's going to go. And, and I saw you put out a tweet about that and, and people kind of got on you about the Bruins needing to improve there and uh, how it's not obviously relevant come playoff time, but dropping those extra points, even when you do have a 10 point lead, you still have Toronto, Tampa, uh, bearing down on you eventually you think if if all things level out and and those drop points could be problematic what is it do you think with this team in the shootout they're just not built for it or just don't work on it as much as they need to or what do you think it is I think what Charlie Coyle has two of the three goals that they've scored in the shootout so far this season and I can't remember who got the other one last night was it Pasternak who got yeah, it last, Pasternak night? last night yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the issue is. Maybe it's just like, uh, just I think maybe it's a, just a lack of like pure scoring breakaway talent. Uh, because I mean, the Bruins have have been bad on breakaways, and not just in the shootout. They've been bad on breakaways this year. And, and you know, you, even you go back to last night's game, they had uh, a, a breakaway opportunity. They didn't score on it. Um, it, it just seems like they're 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 kind of like blowing some easy chances or, or like golden chances uh, to score goals. And that's, what's been really frustrating. They also hit the crossbar last night. Um, it's, you know, and, and obviously uh, Varlamov's save was unbelievable, but I, I think yeah. when you have those chances in front of you, you got to take advantage of them and they haven't done a great job of doing that. And, you know, I think that that extends to the shootout and it has all year. Um, and, and, you know, my tweet last night was, was very much a joke, uh, <laughs> saying that, you know, they got to fix, they got to fix this before the playoffs. Uh, yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. It, it was in a sense like a joke because it like doesn't matter in the playoffs, but also like it, it does matter. Like you do want to address the fact that you cannot win in a shootout because like you mentioned there, those dropped points will come back to bite you, especially in a division that I think is going to get more competitive um, mm-hmm. as we move on, because the, the Leafs have been a lot better. You know, I think that, that Tampa, they may not figure it out, but, you know, I don't think that the Bruins are going to hold a double digit lead for, for the entire no. season. Um, so um, you definitely want to take advantage where you can and pick up points where you can. And I think that the fact that they are going to overtime and you know, getting the extra point in the, or getting a point out of some of these losses is something that you can say, okay, at least they're doing that. But you do want to pick up the extra point uh, here and there, and they've dropping it too many times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it was Tory Crew after the game last night. He said something like, "The Bruins need to get back to hating to lose," and I, I wonder if it still is kind of some of that. Game seven feeling that's just creeping up. Like they came so close. They dropped that heartbreaker on home ice in these games in December. It's just like, you know, if we lose, like we've been, we've been to a bigger stage and we lost. We know that that is what really matters. And mm-hmm. these games is just like, yeah, whatever. And I do knowing think that, that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I do think that like something like this is can potentially be good for a team. Um, where especially where like the Bruins got off to such a hot start and it seemed like they were unbeatable. Um, and then they hit a couple skids and, and sort of bounce back after that. Um, yeah, I do think that, that, you know, there is, there are valuable wake up calls and sure. there, 
and especially, you know, not only for the players, but for the front office as well, because the front office can look at this and say, well, they were clearly not getting enough secondary help. And yeah. it's something that we're going to need to address. And um, you maybe you you are more likely to ignore that had you not hit like a big skid like this. And you say, well, OK, we're losing a couple games here and there. But the top line continues to carry us through and we're still winning games. We're not going on uh, these skids. Now you look at it and say, well, we are capable of hitting these skids. And if we hit one towards, uh, you know, the springtime, that could be the death of this team. So you want to address that. And, you know, so potentially it does seem like there's there's a team or every team sort of hits this sort of low point during yeah. the year, no matter how good they are. Um, so the fact that it's happening now for the Bruins might be beneficial to the bigger picture. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they weren't going to keep up, uh, whatever 80, 800 point percentage all season long. It they was kind of go expected. 83 as, <laughs> yes. as Ben said several exactly. times this year. Yeah. That's a That's a, that's a t-shirt waiting to happen. Yeah. I think you mentioned the, the front office and kind of what they might be thinking. Um, I've been talking a bit lately about Kovalchuk and, and I think it's worth exploring like, uh, Patrick Marlowe type deal with him to see if he could contribute anything on the second line. I think I saw Bob McKenzie tweet yesterday that the Bruins don't seem interested in that, but um, I've mentioned a couple other guys like Tyler Toffoli or uh, I think I saw you tweeting about Anthony Duclair as a, a potential target. Um, clearly something needs to be added to the second line. Um, I'm a big fan of keeping Coyle, Bjork and Heinen together as a third line. Um, who are some guys that, that uh, you think the Bruins might look to add uh, as the deadline comes closer to kind of round out that secondary scoring that can play with uh, DeBrusque and Krejci on that second line? Yeah, so I, I love Anthony Duclair. I don't necessarily yeah. know if it's going to happen, um, especially with with how well he's playing this year. And, and you know, I just think that uh, the fact that he's a restricted free agent, maybe if he was an impending UFA, I thought that he was a UFA towards the beginning of the year, which is why I was trying to push oh, so hard. Right. And because uh, it seems like he's been in the league forever. So <laughs> yeah. uh, the fact that he still has uh, has U- our RFA rights is, it's kind of it's stunning to me, but uh, you know it, it does make sense, and that's what it is. So um, you know, there's less um, you know less of a push for the Senators to to get rid of him, but I do yeah. think that he still is a guy that can be acquired because one, don't un- underestimate how cheap the Senators can be, um, <laughs> and two, it's uh, it's you know a point that they could look at and say, well, his stock is very very high right now, and it's a guy who yeah. hasn't. Uh, consistently put it together for long periods of time at the NHL level so far. Maybe he's finally coming into it, but maybe you know you don't want to take that risk. And maybe for a rebuilding team, it's worth selling high right now. Um, it depends yep. on what it would cost the Bruins, um, but you know it, that's certainly a guy that I would look at. Tyler Toffoli is also a guy that I would look at. Um, it's all cost dependent, but I do think that um, you know I, I'm I'm willing to to part with a first round pick i'm willing to part with uh with some of these like you know with some of these prospects i think the the bruins have some of them um that you know at some point you gotta you know 
poop or get off the pot with some of these prospects. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm willing to part ways if it if it addresses the need immediately because the window is closing on like this current group and you got to yep. go for it. So, um, you know, those are a couple of guys that I would start with. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I was listening to the 31 thoughts podcast the other day and, and Elliot Friedman seemed to be under the assumption that uh, Tory Krug won't be returning next year. And he was kind of saying the Bruins are positioned to kind of go for it this year with, that being a factor, I don't I don't know if that's accurate or not, or whether Tory would accept kind of one of these team friendly deals that other guys have been going. But it's it's clear that yeah, the the window is closing for this. Well, maybe not closing, but they have the ability right now to win. And I'd be surprised if if Sweeney doesn't do anything uh, heading into the to the deadline. Um, one other thing I want to ask you about is uh, Charlie McAvoy. Seems like every night we're anticipating him kind of breaking out or uh, at least fighting the back of the net for the first time this season. I've been kind of disappointed with him. Not like overall, I think his game is is very solid and he's becoming uh, a very good top level NHL defenseman. But the offense for me, and obviously with no goals, it just isn't there. Do you think... It's just a matter of him, how he's being deployed, playing with Chera. He has to carry carry some extra weight there, or or is this just who who he is? Do you think? No, I think there's there's certainly more offensive upside there, and and yeah, I, I don't know if it's just bad luck or if it's um, a shift in focus in his game. Um, but at the end of the day, like I, you would you'd like to see more offense from him, obviously, because you know that he's yeah. capable of it, but. I'm not disappointed with what we've gotten from Charlie McAvoy to this point in the year, just because he has been so good defensively. And I think for the first time in a very long time, you can say that, that this defensive group does not belong to Zdeno Chara anymore. This is clearly Charlie McAvoy's defense. And he's been that, that leader and that guy um, at the front of the unit that you, you want him to be and that you expected him to be when you drafted him. So um, I'm, I'm impressed with how he's played this year um offensive you know deficiencies aside uh, I am I would be much happier the way that it is right now as opposed to say like he's got you know six goals but he hasn't looked very good defensively uh I would much rather take especially when you do have Tori Krug on the roster and you do have um you know you look at Matt Grizzlick even Matt Grizzlick has has taken some steps offensively this year uh, in the early going so um like I'm not necessarily worried with the offensive back end there. Um, it's uh, it's I'm just very glad that uh, he has sort of stepped into that role as the defensive leader in that unit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you're getting goals from Brandon Carlo, even you can't really right. complain yeah. about the, the defensive. I think, yeah, I think you're right. It'll come. I'd be much more concerned. Yeah. If he was getting, you know, his offensive, numbers were boosted by like you know offensive zone deployments or power play time that's kind of empty um empty game i'd I'd like to see him yeah back checking effectively and being responsible in his own zone and that stuff's gonna come as as he gets the puck on net um i really think yeah that's the goals are gonna come for sure right um so they have two games left before christmas one against the predators one against the capitals i was kind of hoping 
yeah, they get at least a couple wins at home in this four-game homestand. Uh, they have um, the two points now, I guess. But um, what do you think about these next couple of games? Washington will be a huge test, I think. But Nashville, in my mind, is, is pretty beatable. How do you see those two games playing out here as the, we get into the Christmas break? Yeah, in, I agree with you. I mean, Washington is going to be tough. Washington has been an unbelievable team all year long, very, very consistent, and they play the Bruins extremely well. Uh, as we've yeah. seen the numbers, the Bruins, well, they they haven't beaten the Caps, uh, or they've beaten the Caps like once since, like I don't know, the last like five years or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's a lot of that's because Holpe has owned the Bruins uh, before. Yes. Uh, in recent years. So um, I think that the Predators game probably is the best opportunity for, for them to snap out of it. Because like you mentioned, the Predators have been a disappointing, pretty beatable team this year. Um, and I, I look at it in the sense that like the Bruins haven't been playing poorly the past couple of games. They've, no. they obviously won the Florida game. they, they sort of blew it against the Kings and they didn't finish strong. Um, and I thought that they played pretty well against the Islanders. They ran into a really, really good goalie and they just couldn't take advantage of the opportunities that they had in front of them. But the Islanders are a really good team and the yeah. Bruins stuck with them. And, and it was, that was a really entertaining game. Um, and, and like two similar teams where like they're defensive focused and they don't have a ton uh, of offense and they get great goaltending. Um, I wasn't I wasn't disappointed with how the Bruins played in that game. I just think that they between the goaltending and the, and their inability to finish on some of the opportunities that they had, that's what did them in. Um and so I think they're going to they're due to break out of this soon. Um the Predators game is the an ideal place to do it because that's a team that hasn't been great defensively this year and they've gotten pretty poor goaltending. So, you know, the offense has a good opportunity in that game, especially at home, to really snap out of it um, and give themselves some confidence heading into the game against Washington. And if you get a big win against Nashville, who's to say that that you know the Capitals game isn't within reach too? So I, I think that they have a really good opportunity to finish this homestand strong, and I think that they absolutely need to do it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, again, yeah, I just wish they would figure out something up on the second line. I don't, I'm not a fan of, like I said earlier, of putting coil up on that line. I wish they would just find something to, to put up there. Brett Ritchie, obviously, isn't it? And until they kind of solidify that also have some questions about, about the, the overall depth, but like we said off the top, I really, we really can't complain about how this team has performed so far and where they are in the standings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Toronto, those problems- Tampa Bay. And those problems yeah, are uh, the kind of problems that can be addressed midseason. Like mm-hmm. it's uh, when you look at some of the the issues across the league, the Bruins issue is something that um, it doesn't it it doesn't strike a panic in me because we saw they yeah. were able to address it at midseason last year with the additions of yep. Coyle and Johansson. And obviously, you don't want to put yourself in that spot uh, consistently on a year to year basis. So. Um, you know, but it is a situation where there is secondary scoring available on the trade market. You're, you're not having to go out and get, get, get a guy who's a game changer. Um, and, and a guy, uh, like a first line talent you can get, you can address depth yep. at the trade deadline. You can address scoring at the trade deadline. That stuff is available. So for um, sure, it's, it's a, it's something that 
does need to be addressed, but it can be addressed, which makes me uh, a little a little easier in, in the situation. Yeah, for sure. Well, before uh, I let you go, I I'd obviously want to talk about uh, some pop culture stuff since you're big into that uh, stuff as well. You mentioned uh, you saw Star Wars this morning. What are your what were your thoughts on it? Were you spoiler free, obviously, but were you right. uh, satisfied with with uh, Rise of Skywalker or uh, disappointed? Uh, what were your thoughts on it? In a vacuum, I thought that it was uh, it was a fine. The movie was fine. Uh, you know, I obviously had it in with uh, tempered expectations based off of some of the, the the reviews, and you know, it's kind of I wouldn't say it's getting killed by critics, but critics have been disappointed, and so I had it in it's like fifty seven percent or something. Yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes, and I had it in with lower expectations, um, but I thought that the movie was was decent and. Um, I understand why a lot of people are disappointed because this is the movie to wrap up the saga and, you know, tie everything together and make it all worth it. And there were certainly things that missed. And I thought that the beginning of the movie was quite rushed. I honestly could have done with like Mm. 25 minutes more of this movie um, just to sort of, you know, give it more solid footing in the beginning. Um, Right. But overall, like, I think that this is probably the third best of the three since they you know started this this chapter or, or yeah. this, this trilogy but it's not it's not bad and so like it's hard for me who somebody who's not super super invested in star wars to say yeah. like oh, i hated yeah, yeah. that i understand Same. why people are disappointed but uh, i i i enjoyed my my experience i would say that like probably uh like mid to high 60s low 70s is where i put that out of a scale of 100. okay is there any other movies you're looking forward to over the holidays? I know I really want to see that uh, 1917. That oh, looks, yeah. looks pretty amazing. And yeah, uh, I'm are, dying to see the, yeah, I'm, I'm dying to see the, the Adam Sandler movie too, Uncut Gems, but I can't, I don't know if it's playing, it's playing like right downtown Toronto. It's a bit far. I don't know if it'll be at the local, local theater anytime soon, but yeah. Is there any others that, that you've got your eye on other than, than cats, I believe Uncut cats. Gems is. I believe Uncut Gems is hitting Netflix uh, in early January too. So, oh really? Uh, if, oh, yeah. I'll if you wanted then. to wait for that. Um, oh perfect. Yeah. Is I, that part I, of I'm, his? Oh sorry. No, ahead. not part of the deal. It's just like oh, okay, a, okay. Yeah, not part of his Netflix deal. Um, which he yeah, seems yeah. very intent on sticking to very dumb comedies with that <laughs> yeah. uh, Netflix exclusive yeah. deal. Uh, yeah, but terrible. yeah, I'm, I'm, I think at this point, uh, Uncut Gems is at the top of my list just based off of yeah. the intrigue and in, in a serious Sandler-driven um, role and also the fact that the reviews have been amazing. Um, I'm very <clears throat> excited for uh, for Bombshell, which uh, you know I had a friend go see that this morning and said it was uh, awesome. So I'm very, oh, yeah. very excited for that. And I also have to say that I'm very, very excited for cats just based on the reviews <laughs> that I've seen from cats because I'm yeah. not a big cats guy, never seen the musical, don't know too much about it. But I am, I'm somebody who, if you tell me that this is like an absolute abomination of a movie and that it's just a painful experience, there's not a single thing in the world that makes me want to see a movie more than knowing that people yeah. have absolutely hated it. So uh, me and DJ Bean, we, we love bad movies. We love talking yeah. about bad movies on our podcast. So uh, Cats is, is quickly rising the ranks of most anticipated movies for us. Very nice. Speaking of uh, your podcast and 
uh, other stuff that you're doing? Where can people, I can't imagine there's too many people listening to this who, who don't already follow you on Twitter and, and know where you're uh, putting stuff out, but just to remind people, where can they find uh, your other podcast and your writing and on social media? Uh, social media, I'm just my name, Pete Blackburn on Twitter. Um, until I am able to get my hands on that, just at Blackburn account, that's where I'll be. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. But uh, my podcast is Brunch, and it's Listen to Brunch on Twitter. You can just find it where, you know, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And then my writing is uh, at cbssports.com. Do power rankings every Tuesday and my column every Wednesday for NHL stuff. And then just some random stuff sprinkled in here and there, columns, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that's where you'll be able to find me. Perfect. Well, thanks, uh, thanks so much for taking some time to chat. And uh, we'll try to connect again before before the end of the season. And uh, if I don't talk to you on, on Twitter, have a, have a great holiday season. And uh, hopefully the Bruins can win a couple of games here heading into Christmas. Absolutely. You too, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot, Pete. Take care, man. See ya. Bye.